welcome back to the Hot and Pottered podcast, episode 16. 16. Wow. Almost legal. Oh my god. Legal in some states. Oh, that's horrible. I don't know if we're... And countries. Hello, and welcome to the Hot and Pottered podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jacon. And I'm Caitlin. And on this podcast, we read and talk about Harry Potter fan fiction that makes us all, dare we say, hot and potted. Disclaimer, we do not own Harry Potter. All rights reserved to J.K. Rowling and Warner Brothers. We just doing this for fun. And hide your kids, hide your wives, because this shit's explicit. Ooh, so smutty. E-X-X-X-Blessed. So, uh, how's your week been, Jacon? Oh, well, you know, getting the 21, 2021 started on the right foot. Um, yep, nothing, nothing, nothing horrendous happened at all this week. Nothing weird has happened? Nope. No, that, the start of 2021 has been great. There have been no, you know, um, nothing strange or terrorist awkward. attacks on the Capitol at all. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it must be time for that thing we do on this podcast. It's time for Shag. Mary. Hex. Pick me, pick me. Ooh. Thank you guys so pick much me. for coming back to Shag Mary Hex Murder. I'm your host, Caitlin. Uh, and today we have. Drumroll, please. <laughs> Contestant number Jacob! Woohoo! Finally! I've been picked! Come I've been down. chosen! Come on down. Woo-hoo. Oh, it's so good to finally meet you. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want to have like an Oprah moment where I just give away stuff, but I don't know what I'd give away. I'd be like, and you get a dildo, and you get a dildo. So today on a Shag Mary Hicks murder, we have the Malfoys. You know, because I just I felt so bad about not giving you a crack at Lucius and Narcissa Malfoy. So we've got. Lucius Malfoy, Narcissa Malfoy, Draco Malfoy, and Dobby the House Elf. You know, he was part of the Malfoys once. <laughs> You're a freaking psychopath, you know that? I really, it was an internal struggle. I was like, but it'll be real funny. I had no master must not do that. But it would be hilarious. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, are you gonna shag Jake on? Um, we're gonna shag Dobby because, you know, <laughs> don't, don't knock it unless you've tried it at least once. 
Um, hey, as long as it's consensual, you know, I have no issues. Yeah, yeah. I'll give him a... Uh, I'm sure Dobby uh, would love to gobble you, swallow you, drip down the side of you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, uh, you, As you can tell, I have pre-gamed. Does giving uh, uh, Dobby uh, a condom count as like clothing? <laughs> I mean, he's going to wear it as a hat, so yeah. There you go. I'm going to give him a condom to make sure he's acting on his own free will. Oh my god. And then we'll just see where it goes from there, you know? Are you going to get railed by by Dobby the house elf? Oh yes, sir. Whatever you want, sir. However you'd like it, sir. Dobby would do anything you want. You only have to ask, sir. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. Moving on. Uh, um, <laughs> Mary. Marrying Narcissus. She is shit. Yeah, she is the only female on the list. She, she is still attractive, you know. But I mean, not a bad choice. She, she uh, is, is very family oriented. Very true. Very um, dedicated. Loyal, mm-hmm. all good qualities. Yeah. Um, How are you gonna do it? You're gonna propose to her. You better have a, a rock to propose to that woman, cause she's expecting the best. Oh yeah, I figured she, she, it would have to be like something elaborate, like uh, let's let's take her take her to Paris, you know, Eiffel Tower proposal, the whole shebang. Get some fireworks. Oh, no, no, no. Get some You'd have to steal the Eiffel Tower for her. Oh, God. But yeah, pretty much the most cheesy. No, sister, I love you so much. I have stolen the Eiffel Tower for you. Yeah. Now it's between Draco and his papa. Who do we want dead? I think you know what you have to do, Jacob. Yeah, I think I'm hexing Draco. Um, which yes. I have hexed before. Yes, you have. So let's come up with a different one. Um, I don't remember what you did the first time, to be honest. Well, the first time I made it to where uh, he the 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 slug charm that he oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah was yeah. to put on him and make sure that slugs. made sure he actually received it that time. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, let's good. do something where ah. I'm going to hex him so he has a boner all the time, except for whenever <laughs> he gets turned on. Whenever he gets turned on, he loses his boner. <laughs> so essentially, he can just never get off. Because... Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime he actually, like, goes to touch it or, like, whatever, yeah. or if he's around someone I'm, he likes, I'm just telling whoop. You. Wizard erectile dysfunction affects 15% of all wizards. But whenever he's like in class or at work, he's full on boner all the time for no reason. <laughs> tuck it. Tuck it. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. How we, how you murder in Lucius Malfoy and can I watch? How are you murdering Lucius Malfoy? Uh, public execution. <laughs> 
Mussolini style, or are you just going for like a public hanging? Uh, let's go for like firing squad. Oh shit! Okay, I, all right. Didn't know you're gonna. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like Avada Kedavra firing squad. Hell so, like, yeah. They're all wearing like I don't know masks or hoods or whatever, so you don't know who actually said it. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I think they all say it. And they are all, oh, all, so of, them, you don't, oh, gotcha. all of them use the gotcha. charms, but nobody knows which one hit first. Gotcha. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So wizard firing squad. Okay. Yep. Yep. Wow. And I oh, give boy. the fire command. <laughs> fire! Fire! put star wars like pew 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 sounds by the <laughs> green laser shooting into him yeah my mouse makes that sound if i scroll uh, down really fast with my mouse it makes a that's you funny. hear it yeah, that's <laughs> pew 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 <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that this morning. I figured it out this morning. Nice. <laughs> I was editing my fan fiction and I was like, all right, on to the next grammar mistake. <laughs> yep, so <laughs> let's see. Uh, I think I'm going to shag Narcissa Malfoy. Ew. I'm just kidding. I was just going to say you no matter who you chose. <laughs> 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 I was gonna say you no matter who you choose. All right, I'm gonna shag Narcissa Malfoy. I'm. How am I gonna make this happen? Oh boy, uh, what time period is this? Um, uh... how am I gonna make this happen? Let's see. Ah, yes. I'll go over to her house. This is when um, Lucius is in jail. You know, he's in Azkaban. Mm -hmm. And Narcissa is just... She needs somebody to warm her bed. Mm. And, of course, you know, the first person on her list was, was me. So, mm -hmm. I arrive, and she's in nothing but silk lingerie. And it evolves from there. And all of a sudden... I'm sitting on her face. <gasps> Gasp. So I'm gonna... <laughs> Just, I don't know how it happened. It was so weird. So I'm gonna... I'm gonna marry Draco Malfoy. You know what? Ew. Story of green grass out of the way. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Slide into his DMs. Onto his wander profile. <laughs> it's a thing now. Hit me up on Wonder. Snapelin 1998. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I felt like I needed a dumb number after that. So how am I going to propose to Draco? We're going to be plotting to kill Dumbledore together. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, every Slytherin needs a Huffle Buddy. And you know, I just, 
I volunteered as tribute this time. We're like, all right, I guess I'll take the stupid hot guy from Slytherin. That's fine. I can change him. <laughs> so, as he's battling with his feelings about having to kill Dumbledore, we're on our knees in the girl's lavatory, and Myrtle's crying in the corner, but we'll talk about that later. Draco doesn't know what to do. And I take him into my arms. Oh, Draco, marry me and you. You'll never have to be afraid. What the fuck? And then I'm gonna hex Dobby. <laughs> I'm gonna hex Dobby so... His pants always fall down. No matter how, <laughs> how tight he ties his belt. There's just a point in the day when they whoop! <laughs> Oh, so sorry, Professor Dumbledore. Oh, <laughs> could it happen, Professor Dumbledore? It keeps happening to me, Professor Dumbledore. So sorry, so sorry. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I'm gonna murder Lucius Malfoy. How am I gonna murder Lucius Malfoy? You ask. Sure, that's exactly what I asked. Oh, I think I'm gonna poison his wine. You know, I'm gonna ask my husband from a from a previous uh. <laughs> from a previous marriage, I'm apparently married to Draco now, Severus Snape. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him to make an undetectable poison. I'm gonna put it in that motherfucker's wine. The end. You got him. <laughs> oh, thank you guys for playing Shag Mary X Feel to murder your own father-in-law. Eh. Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> oh gosh. At least I'm mar I'm murdering my wife's ex husband. That seems a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can we really be too sad if if Lucius Malfoy? Can anybody really be too sad if Lucius Malfoy gets murdered? Yeah, might be kind of awkward with your husband. You're just asking for marital problems. That's all I'm saying. He doesn't need to know. <laughs> Actually, he asked me to do it. Oh, I'm sure. Malfoy conspiracy confirmed! <laughs> anyway, do you have a random question? Or... <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, your slime was really loud, BT Dubs. Oh, sorry. That's the ASMR portion of the podcast. Okay, Just in case you guys missed it, it was, you know, go back about 10 seconds. Caitlin, and that's the ASMR portion. Playing with. Brought to you by uh, Caitlin in the Hot and Potter podcast. Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. Random question. Um, um, what's been your favorite um, story that we've read so far? Ooh favorite story that we've read so far i mean i have to say our christmas special episode the one with um luna theodore not and Ginny. Woo! that one was spicy i really enjoyed that that was that was a good one fantastic christmas what about you that was a good one i actually liked like the fruity rowing story for the first few chapters so i'm like sad that yeah. it didn't like end up Finishing. Didn't deliver on the well, smut promise. 
Right. <sighs> we were promised smut. And smut we did uh, not have. Yeah, like, Harry, Harry and Hermione never actually had sex in that. You realize that? I know, I know. What's we have problem? to find you. That's it. Next episode is some Harmony smut. <sighs> I don't know. The uh, the Luna Neville one was really funny to me. <laughs> yeah. I always love the smut comedy. Like, the comedy smut. Yeah. That's my favorite. Without being like, uh, I mean, it got a little dumb in some places. Like, the Neville Longbottom sex god. Yeah. Like, that was... That was like I could totally see that happening though, you know. <laughs> oh my goodness! Those uh, dirty magazines really helped Neville out. Well, I think it's Luna's the one with the, oh. all the dirty magazine experience. I'm sure. That that's very true. But you know, and Neville's big dick energy. You know, the exactly. guy's got a big dick, and he just knows exactly what he's doing. All the time. He's just bored with it. No, I think, <laughs> I think uh, he, had, he had the big dick energy, but then Luna just instantly knew exactly how to put it to good use. So, yeah, <laughs> She's like, oh, yes. Yes, you stay there. I'll do this, and we'll both go home happy, okay? <laughs> and it's going to be great. Bring a bucket and a mop. And then I'm going to make you feel really good about yourself afterwards, so I can use you more often. Um, sex god. Sex god. And that was my first time. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, I see a trend here. We really like Luna Lovegood. Yeah. Still don't understand why you wouldn't want to marry her. But speaking of Ravenclaws, our first pairing is Cho Chang and Fleur Delacour. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. Spicy spice. We have a um, a one-shot, a one-chapter fanfiction titled Circle by Tally, parentheses, A World Inside, parentheses. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the smut? You have to listen to episode 13, at least just the very end. Okay, what's the whole hairy party thing? I don't recall. Yep, you never do. So let's do this. Circle by Tally. In parentheses, a world inside. Summary. It started with an awkward conversation in Diagon Alley. It also ended there. And I just, I gotta read the note. Written for the Summer of Smut Challenge in 2003. I just, Summer of Smut, gosh. You know why I can't wait for our Summer of Smut. Our Simmer of Smut. I can't even... I'm becoming incoherent already, just getting excited, thinking about that we might have so much more smut to read by the summer. <laughs> and and then you got the sound of her slamming her wine glass against the microphone. <laughs> we all know what's happening. Real women drink smut. 
Okay. Okay. It started with an awkward conversation in Diagon Alley. She had been shopping for a birthday present for her older brother, and Fleur had been on a lunch break from Gringotts. They had talked briefly, relating tales of people they both knew, because times like these made people do that. Made people make sure that at least some parts of the world they recognized were still standing while they watched those bits directly around them come crashing down. They had left with what they thought were empty promises to keep in touch. The next time she saw her was in Flourish and Blotts a month or two later. She was being dragged around by her mother who was on a mad search for the latest copy of Charms Weekly and Fleur was standing in the astronomy section with her arm around Bill Weasley. Oh, their eyes had met for a second behind Bill's back before her mother came to drag her away again. This time to meet her 80-year-old grandmother for lunch, who did not stand for lateness in any form. Fleur had smiled at her as she left. Cho had wanted to look back. The next time Cho saw her was outside Gringotts two weeks later. Fleur had her hair swept up into a messy but artful bun and was wearing a pair of glasses that only served to accentuate the eyes behind the lenses. She wasn't with Bill this time, and Cho had thought to herself that she looked better that way, not quite sure where the thought had come from. Fleur had smiled at her again, and this time Cho had looked back, returning her smile. The next time, four days later, Fleur was walking down an aisle at Quality Quidditch Supplies, heading straight for her. Cho had been looking to replace her gloves, which had already started to wear. She didn't think Fleur had any reason to be there, unless she was shopping for Bill. She had stopped directly in front of her, Cho aware of her perfume that smelled just slightly of lilies and lavender. Cho had looked up from the rack of leather Quidditch gloves to meet her eyes. They exchanged smiles again, and this time they hovered on their lips a little longer and their eyes slowly followed one another. Fleur asked her to meet for coffee the next day. Cho readily agreed. She had always liked lilies. The next time, a day later, they had met in a quiet, out-of-the-way coffee shop, not far from Madame Malkin's. Fleur was already there waiting for her, slowly drumming her manicured nails against the tablecloth, and what Cho chose to believe was slight annoyance at Cho's late arrival time rather than nervousness. The conversation was awkward at first, like the first time they had met this year, and they had at first talked of others they both knew. Who was where, who wasn't, was Harry really as sane as everybody was pretending? Eventually their conversation loosened up a bit, and Cho found herself relating things she had told a few others and wondering why. Why was this so easy? Things were never this easy. Why was this? She didn't question it further afraid she knew the answer. The next time, the next day, they met again at the same place. Fleur was waiting for her, but this time she wasn't drumming her fingernails. They talked again, and this time as the last, Cho talked the most. Fleur related little tales here and there, but mostly she just listened. Listened as Cho talked to her. Cho apologized at one point, fearing she was boring, blonde woman, but Fleur just smiled and with her now only slightly accented voice, said that she was perfectly happy to just listen and that the last thing Cho was doing was boring her. The next few times were the same. Fleur was always waiting, 
and had even started to order Cho's coffee for her, knowing exactly what she was going to get. Cho found herself looking at her more and more, watching as strands of her impossibly blonde hair fell across her face and the way her tongue darted out to lick her lips every so often. She wondered how coffee would taste if she licked it from Fleur's lips and how it would feel to kiss her neck and collarbone and chest. <laughs> oh, that's a cool down right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Wow, that build-up, man. I was like, oh, come on. Please don't leave us hanging. Oh, but we get in there. We're so close. Cho's mother didn't question where she went, obviously just happy that she had someone that she was this enthusiastic about meeting, someone that made her daughter really smile for the first time since Cedric had died. Cho almost wished she did ask so she could tell someone. They'd never said... They shouldn't talk about it, but Cho had always regarded it as an unsaid rule. She didn't know why. The next time was the time that Fleur asked her up to her room. It never crossed Cho's mind to say no. <laughs> oh my god! The room Fleur rented was small but cozy, but Cho had only a short time to take it in before she found Fleur's lips upon her own! She had kissed girls before, Oh, wait! What? Who? Tell me everything. Was it Parvati? Was it Padma? Oh, was it both of them at the same time? God, Joey, gotta tell me. Alright, that's definitely another cool down for me. <laughs> wow. She had, <laughs> she had kissed girls before, but usually only fleetingly and with protestations on the part of the other that they were just experimenting, but this was quite something else, something much, much better. Tongues met in a wet and warm tangle and hands started to follow curves gently, but with some insistence. She felt Fleur's hands on either side of her hips and felt as one of them slowly crept up the skin inside her shirt, cupping her breast and the thumb slowly being dragged over its surface. She heard a moan escape her lips and felt her own hands slowly start to unbutton Fleur's own shirt that she had worn beneath her already discarded work robes. Oh, Fleur's already like, whoo! Robes gone. Yep. Getting to it. Sit on my face. Sit on my face. <laughs> sit on my face. Sit on my face. Sit on my face. Sit on my face. All right. Fleur stopped for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just gonna react to that. Whatever the fuck that was. You do you. Ah, uh, thank you for listening to my screenplay. That was for my opera set on my face by Caitlin. Fleur stopped for a minute and cupping her cheek, asked if she was sure she wanted to do this. Yes. Cho managed to breathe out an affirmation, and Fleur smiled before starting to kiss her way down her neck. Cho didn't quite know how they ended up in Fleur's small bedroom, but she didn't really mind. They were both shirtless now, and their bras were slowly being removed in between insistent kissing and hips being slowly ground together. Cho felt herself being pushed back onto Fleur's bed, and watched as the other woman slowly started to unbutton the fly on Cho's jeans and drag them down her thighs. 
and then did the same thing with her underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's another pull down for me. I don't know how you, how you feel. Yeah. Is that a pull down for you? That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Fleur knelt between Cho's now bare legs, and Cho felt herself reach out for Fleur and pull her on top of herself, kissing her lips passionately and feeling the heat inside of her slowly rise further and further until it was almost too much to bear. Fleur seemed to know exactly what Cho was thinking as she felt her hand slowly move across Cho's stomach and downwards to between her thighs. She moved her finger inside of Cho slowly and gently started to reach deeper and deeper inside of her, slowly teasing the lip of skin that would send Cho over the edge. Cho was completely at her mercy, reveling in every small movement of Fleur's fingers and wrist. Sweat was standing out on her skin, and her muscles were starting to twitch of their own accord. Fleur was merely smiling and reached down to kiss Cho softly between her breasts which managed to elicit another moan from Cho's lips, this one louder than the first. Fleur gradually added another finger. Oh! <laughs> Master Richard Frank didn't do ah! You right back? Ah, uh, excuse me. <laughs> Fleur gradually added another finger and pushed just a little bit further. Cho felt herself right on the edge and savored the feeling as she went over her hips bucking and her voice calling. Fleur kept on smiling and slowly brushed a strand of sweat-slicked hair back from Cho's face. She told her she was beautiful. Cho returned the sentiment and reached out for her lips once more. They slowly twisted over as one and like Fleur had before her on her own body, slid down the other woman's, this time, not just with a hand, but with her tongue. I'm gonna need a second. <laughs> the rest of Fleur's clothes were quickly removed and Cho found herself quickly wait what uh, excuse me I also need a sip of wine apparently yes the rest of Fleur's clothes were quickly removed and Cho found her quickly and was surprised at how easy it was to do something that made Fleur tremble Cho had given a couple of guys blowjobs before and had not enjoyed it, but this was so different. She knew what she had to do, and this time, instead of trying to get her mouth around something, she just had to reach inside. Oh, see, she knows what I'm talking about, the whole jawbreaker debacle. You're just kind of like, I, uh, where do I, ah. Uh. She nipped at Fleur's smooth <laughs> thighs before reaching inside for the last time and pulling her towards her release. Fleur was moaning and saying something Cho couldn't quite understand in French. <laughs> something that Cho felt herself wanting to know. Ah, putain de merde. Fleur pulled her up so their mouths met again before Cho slowly settled down to rest her head on Fleur's shoulder, the other woman slowly running her hands through Cho's dark hair. The next time they met, they skipped the coffee. In the time after that, they didn't even bother meeting in the coffee shop. Damn. Cho never asked if Fleur was still dating Bill, mostly because she didn't want to know the answer, fearing that it might be yes. She was happy not knowing because that meant she never had confirmation. Confirmation 
that all she was to Fleur was some reoccurring fling that offered her a release that her boyfriend couldn't give her. <laughs> or wasn't around to give her. Okay, I'm sorry. I laughed out loud yeah. at that. Yeah, that's a, that was a laugh out loud for sure. <laughs> Is there something uh, Bill cannot uh, give to me? <laughs> that, how you say, release. Fleur meant more to Cho than that. She didn't know if she could call it love. She had always had problem with that word. It implied so much, and Cho never knew if she would ever be prepared to accept all those implications and complications. But she knew she cared for her. She knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. She cared when she saw the dark circles under Fleur's eyes after a hard night at the office. And she cared when she picked at her food, stating that she just wasn't hungry. She cared. The next to last time was when Fleur told her that Bill had proposed. Uh. Cho had tried to pretend that it hadn't come as a shock, but she could tell by the way Fleur was looking at her that she knew it had. Fleur had taken her hand in her own and told her that she did care about her, but that she couldn't turn Bill down and that what they had would have to end. Ah! Cho wondered to herself why it had to, what difference it would make if they were doing this while she was married, after they had carried on so long while she was dating him. It obviously made a difference to Fleur, who had then taken Cho in her arms and told her that she would never forget what they had, and who had kissed the tears that Cho couldn't help but let fall from her eyes, ignoring the ones that were forming at the corners of Fleur's own starting to blur her slight mascara. It started with an awkward conversation on Diagon Alley, and it had ended the same way, with an awkward goodbye, and this time, both knew that their empty promises to keep in touch were just that. That was the last time. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to ugly cry for a minute there. Yeah, that was, wow. That was heavy. I mean, to be fair, it was tagged as um, bittersweet ending. Man, Cho cannot catch a fucking break. She did get to fuck fuck Floor, though, so. Yeah, but the sadness. I am saddened. Yeah. She'll always have fond memories. (sighs) The one that got away. The one that got away. She's always going to have the one that died, and she's always going to have the one that got away. (laughs) My god! And then she's always going to have that idiot in between. You sick motherfucker. (laughs) Harry's the idiot in between, isn't he? (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Shit! You once called me a hairy hater. You are throwing so much shade right now. Oh, well. <laughs> when it comes to the ladies, he doesn't have that shit figured out. Does anybody? What did you think? Oh, that was solid. Oh, yeah. This was, was a solid. perfect, perfect as a one shot. That was great. Yeah. Fit into the story, fit into canon. Oh, it's good. I actually yeah, enjoyed the, there was no dialogue at all, which I found um, kind of refreshing. Just quick oh, to the point. Yeah. It was almost like third person. You know? Yeah. 
I didn't even notice that, but yeah, it, it was so seamless. I didn't even miss it. Yeah. It was good. I do have to say that some of the sentences were very long and hard to, to read. No, I think that was just your whine. Oh, oh, blame it on me. God, Caitlin, just read. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see how you do, Mr. All I have is tequila at home, and I don't want to drink that. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in. So, yeah, what's anyway, our... Anyway, I think you're really going to enjoy this next fan fiction. What's our, what's our HPP score here? Hold on, let's see. There was one masturbation break. Three cooldowns. This is 25. One laugh out loud to 28. And then I'm willing to give a solid plus two for verbiage just because, like, the lack of dialogue, clean story. Okay. And then I'm going to, I'm actually going to take five points for the sentences and some of the typos. What the fuck? <laughs> I think no? that's worse shit. Okay. So we're going to have the. I'll only take two points, and that way they have a 29. How do you feel about that? You feel good about that? I mean, I gave her a 30. You gave her a 29, so. Yeah. 29 and a half it is. 29 and a half HPP points. Woohoo! Good going, Tally. Nobody knows if that's good or not, so congratulations. Well, there's... There's no, we haven't talked about this. You're the one who told me that there was no fucking ceiling. Exactly. That the, you get that many points. You just get what you, you get. You know what? Get, get to, um, <laughs> if you collect 100 HPP points, uh, <laughs> I'll send you a dildo. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> How many HPP points do you guys give this fan fiction? Let us know at hotandpotterpodcast at gmail.com. Send us your Shag Mary Hex murders. We'll read them out at the beginning of the podcast. And any random questions of the week you'd like to add to my yes. sorry list of questions that I can never come <laughs> up with, send those along as well. Oh my god. Okay. Um, are, are you going to read And next story? up. We have a story titled Unladylike by Delphi. Um, summary, the Gryffindor Keeper gets to know the new Slytherin Chaser. Okay. Oh, oh. Do we do pairing? Do I do pairing? Yeah. Yes, let us know the pairing. It is Hooch and McGonagall. Oh. Hey. Oh. Hey. Oh. <clears throat> Rolando? I'm excited for this, I must say. Alright, well, I'm gonna get started now, so shh. <laughs> Rolanda Hooch does not walk like a young lady. That's the first thing that pops into Minerva's head when the little foxy-haired girl comes stomping into the bathroom <laughs> on Friday afternoon. Foxy. Dusty and windswept. Kitted out in green and silver Quidditch gear and cursing a blue streak under her breath. And Minerva blushes, not at the salty language, but at the thought which is terribly prim and prudish and utterly her mother's. There's a brief moment in which both girls pause. The water runs over Minerva's hands, turning gray as it twirls down the drain, mixed with spilled ink from a snapped quill. To her amusement, Rolanda looks wary, perhaps uncertain of her welcome, 
the day before the first match of the season, as though Minerva's playing keeper for the girls' lab now. Or perhaps she's rueful that Slytherin hijacked the pitch from Gryffindor today on the grounds <laughs> of breaking in their new player. And broken in they have, Minerva observes, pursing her lips at a livid bruise on Rolanda's cheek. It puts her in mind of her manners, and she manages a smile before turning back to the sink. She watches in the mirror as Rolando makes her way to the next washstand over, lean hips bordering on a swagger. Really, she thinks. It's a silly thing to harp on. It certainly shouldn't draw her eye so. After all, she knows better than anyone how difficult it is to step ladylike after two hours on a broom. But there's something about Rolanda Hooch that makes it hard to look away. Something that has nothing to do with the fuss she kicked up in September. It's her face, her body, the way she moves. There's a certain boyishness about her, strangely elusive, a small things that Minerva wouldn't find at all appealing on a real boy, but on Rolanda are strangely charming. Her walk is just one more thing that makes Minerva consider. She thinks back to the day her elder cousin taught her the trick of walking like a woman. Not last Christmas. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Not last Christmas, but the one before, just after she herself had made her house team and her mother had despaired of her. (sighs) (laughs) You can do it, Decon. All right, this is a shitty sentence. Let's be honest. Not last Christmas, but the one before, just after she herself had made her house team and her mother had despaired of her. Of ever making lady a lady of her. Yeah, this is the sentence is Yeah, that's fun. a typo. That's but the, not only the that, sentence just... is fucked and there is a typo. <laughs> I'm sure one more time. Yeah, it's it's fucked from both ends. Yeah, it is. Double fucked. Not last Christmas, but the one before, just after she herself had made her house team and her mother had despaired of ever making lady of her. Daphne had been over the day while their parents had a visit. Pretty Daphne seemed so sophisticated at 17 with her violet robes with the ivory trim and sleek blonde hair caught in a fancy twist. Softly chiding where Minerva's mother scolded, you're a grown-up girl now. You can't go about like a mad thing all the time. Smelling sweetly of lilac scent when she'd come up behind Minerva pulling her back against her. One arm across Minerva's hips, the other across the place that had only recently become her bosom instead of just her chest. Murmuring, straighten up now, you step and your hips move like this. You step like this. Just like that, Daphne had walked her across the room as though she were toddling infant. Only ten or twelve steps, but it had been perfectly thrilling and embarrassing all at once. Of course, out of pride, Minerva had pretended not to care one way or the other, and made a point of slouching for the rest of the day. But after Daphne had gone home, she practiced alone in her room, posing for her looking glass. Head up, shoulders back, hips swaying just a little. The memory teases her lips into a smile, one that broadens when she glances over at Rolanda, splashing water on her face. She suspects that anyone who tried teaching Miss Hooch to walk like a lady would likely find themselves bitten for their trouble. Barely two months into the term, and Rolanda was only a fourth year, but everybody in the school already knows what that she's a wild as a pixie. The first girl to make the Slytherin team in 50 years. The girl who raced oh, wow. holy hell all the way up to Professor Dippet to get this year's chaser spot in place of cross-eyed Hadrian Smythe, who can't throw <laughs> for beans and was only in line for it because his elder brother had been the one to leave the position open. 
The boys all think that she's a terror and the girls a hopeless show-off. And that alone would be enough to make Minerva look kindly upon her, Slytherin or not. But there's something else, something that makes her stare despite herself, something that makes her shivery each time she catches the girl looking at her across the great hall. Is this something that makes Minerva linger even after her hands are clean? She takes her time drying them on the hand towel and then hesitates for a moment before gathering her nerve around herself like a cloak and leaning back against the sink. She crosses her arm and examines Rolanda boldly, bolstering herself with the assurance that frankness is entirely her prerogative as a prefect, as a sixth year, as a Gryffindor. Strange little thing, she thinks, almost fondly, as those Amber's eyes flicked her way. Those eyes. They first caught Minerva's notice at the end of last year, peeking out from behind the stands. What she thought was just another Slytherin, spy sneaking about, watching the Gryffindors at practice. She chased her off Conspiracy the- confirmed! She chased her off a time or two, and now feels a little sorry about it. She looks Rolanda up and down in an attempt to take some measure of the sum and its parts. She isn't pretty, not exactly. She seems, she seems a sensible sort, not the kind to waste an hour primping herself every morning. She has the sort of sharp, stubborn face that might be called handsome at home, like Minerva's own. But she has a wicked smile, and yes, those eyes, like a harpy, some might say. And from what Minerva knows of the family, that could well be the case. Foreigners. But with that trim figure and long nose, she put more in mind of a hawk, smooth and shrewd, and attractive in a hopelessly exotic way. And just as good a flyer as she had cause to note, covertly observing the Southern tryouts from beneath the stands with her teammates. Minerva is like fucking her with her eyes right now. Pretty much. (laughs) And her gaze. Rolanda's gaze flits over to her again, but there's little snap to it. She looks more curious than hostile. Then she's back to looking in the mirror, pulling aside the neck of her robe to peer at a darkening welt on her shoulder. Minerva hisses. What did they do? Lop a bludger at her? The imprint looks more like the bat, for Merlin's sake. You'll want to have Madame Wiggins look at that. It earns her a glare, but she meant meets it squarely. Color floods Rolanda's cheeks, which makes Minerva's chest tighten for reasons she can't exactly put her finger on. Oh, but she could if she asked. <laughs> Rolanda's <laughs> the first to look away, muttering. They're bloody tossers. The rims of her eyes are pink. Not from tears, though. If Minerva thought that, she'd have lost a great deal of pity for her. She can't stand soppy girls. But it's been a windy day, and the way Rolanda rubs at her eyes looks more irritated than ashamed. She glances back at the door, thinking of Patsy and Gideon still in the library. Are they wondering what's keeping her? More likely, they're savoring the break until she comes back to pester them into working. She finds herself not wanting to leave just yet. She hops up so that she's perched on the broad edge of the sink. Her hands are restless as she folds them in her lap, recalling her own first Quidditch practice. It hadn't left bruises, but she remembers every joke about seeing up her robes, the bludger-sharp wit regarding the broomstick between her legs, and reflecting on how she still has to fly twice as well as any one of the boys to be considered just as good. How much it had meant to her after her very first match, when Sheila and Maddie McKinnon from the Hufflepuff team came up to her to tell her how well she'd done. She clears her throat. They only do it because they're jealous, you know. They think that if a girl can do something as well as them, they're not being men anymore. 
Rolanda turns very slowly and looks at her. She rolls her eyes. Well, I know that. As Minerva watches, she lets the water pour into her cupped hands and then laps it up. The sight of that little pink tongue makes her feel quite warm. Rolanda shuts off the tap. And... <laughs> oh, that's a cool down for me. I don't know about you, bro. Rolanda shuts off the tap and wipes her hands on her robes. She seems to study Minerva for a moment and then says, Look, would you like to kiss me? The question is <laughs> so sweetly that it takes several seconds for the words to sink in. Minerva feels her eyes widening. I, I beg your pardon? Part of her is fully expecting Rolanda to smirk, to laugh, to make some sign that this is yet another example of the twisted sense of fun peculiar to the, peculiar to the Slytherin species. But Rolanda doesn't bat an eyelash, only shrugs and cocks her head so that Minerva is once more reminded of a bird of prey. I thought you were looking at me like you wanted to kiss me. I wouldn't mind. I want you to. Or perhaps oh. never consider. Oh. Oh. Masturbation rape. <laughs> or perhaps Minerva considers that last is I want you to. Oh my god. Either way, her mouth runs dry. She has to admit, though it's never consciously occurred to her before that kissing Rolanda does seem an interesting prospect. But she isn't going to let herself be shown up by a slip of a Slytherin. She wets her lips and feels heat stealing into her cheeks. And do you always get everything you want, Miss Hooch? <laughs> Rolanda actually seems to consider this. She frowns, looks down at her Quidditch robes, then grins, flashing pearly white teeth. More or less. It only takes two cocksure strides to bring Rolanda up between Minerva's knees. She smells like sweat and leather and freshly cut grass. Then one of her hands presses against Minerva's cheek, and she's leaning forward, and their mouths meet. Not a dry mother kiss, not a sister kiss, not even anything like the three clumsy kisses that Alistair Moody had given her after the Valentine's Ball. Oh, <laughs> I know this is before he loses a leg and an eyeball, but oh. That's oh. This I'm is, having flashbacks from the Halloween episode. This is something new, something hot and wet, a tickling, <laughs> teasing thing that makes Minerva's heart race. Makes her whole body feel it when the tip of a tongue traces over her lips. Her hands, first clenched together on her lap, venture to Rolanda's waist, petting the jut of her hip bones, holding her there when the kiss finally breaks. She finds herself looking at Rolanda's peach-colored lips curved into a little smile, and she dizzily thinks that she'd got it all backwards. You were supposed to kiss girls to practice, so that you would get it right when you found a nice boy. But as she moves into kiss, <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. she finds herself taking her lessons from what she'd fumbled through with Alistair. How to tilt her head just right so that their noses don't bump. How to breathe, how to move her lips so that she isn't sloppy. It's frightfully sweet. Something to press her body into. Something to warm her blood. She feels Rolanda leaning in even closer, squirming like a trapped animal. And then freezes when she feels the top button of her robes being undone. She pulls back. And the first thing that catches her eye is her prefect's badge glinting beside Rolanda's fingers. It occurs to her how damning this would look should someone walk in, not only to a teacher, but would surely rip the badge right off her robes for doing something so inappropriate, so irresponsible. But to any of her housemates, who would likely exile her to Hufflepuff if they caught her consorting with a Slytherin, there's no help what? for it. There's only one thing to do, and it's with great oh, reluctance that she pulls away. She draws, her wand. Nice people. Uh, she draws her wand and twists to face the door. Absaro, 
The latch falls with an echoing click. When she turns back, it's to bright eyes, pupils so wide that Minerva can see her reflection in them. Grand thinking, Rolanda declares, her voice unexpectedly husky, sending goose flesh all down Minerva's arms. Madness, Minerva thinks, feeling like a fever is creeping over her. Another button is opened, then another, and she gasps when Rolanda kisses the places where her breasts are pressed together. A tiny wet lick makes her ties tremble, and she's suddenly very aware that her legs are spread, that her knees are on either side of Rolanda's hips. Warm kisses brush the top of each breast, leaving a cool tingle behind. I'm going to need a minute. Okay, then. Oh, my God. I really like this figure. This is great. This is madness. Her breathing begins to stumble over itself, catching in her throat when those dear golden eyes glance up at her. She glimpses a scabbed overcut, nearly hidden along Rolanda's hairline, and has an urge to turn the rest of the Slytherin team into haddock and feed them to the giant squid. But the idea is quickly buried beneath the wave of pleasure rolling through her body. Her hands move alongside Rolanda's sides as she's cupping the shallow swell of her bosom. Minerva feels unbearably warm now, flushing in her cheeks and lips and down between her legs where everything's hot and melting. She can almost smell herself, salty and sweet, or maybe it's Rolanda. The thought is unexpectedly delicious. Oh. It's magically delicious. <laughs> it only gets better when her robes slide down her robes and one breast is lifted from the cup of her vizier. Looking down makes her nibble on her lip, her naked breast in Rolanda's hand. Then that tongue darts out and makes a slow spiral to the tip of her nipple, licks across it, fingers stroke and pinch. Minerva fumbles with the fastenings on Rolanda's robes, wriggling her hands under the fabric until she's touching bare skin. Rolanda looks up at her again, but seems to swallow whatever words are on her tongue. She takes Minerva's other breast in hand and sucks it gently while her thumb and finger keep playing with the first. Wet, suckling, teeth at odd moments, making her jump. It's like being outside herself, or maybe that's backwards and she's more inside her skin than she's ever been before. Her quim is liquid and aching, and the pleasure in her nipples crackles like static electricity, charged by the scrape of teeth and tongue across them. One of Rolanda's hands moves further down inside her robes, toying with the waistband of her knickers. They kiss again, and Rolanda's tongue becomes brasher, a little snake slithering over Minerva's palate, and each tooth one by one. Minerva. I'm here to make you orgasm. <laughs> Minerva's hands cup bare breasts, experimentally squeezing. She licks up the soft moan that's hummed into her mouth. Then cool fingers are creeping into her knickers, and the first touch is dizzying. Her hips twitch as though she'd been shocked. She wow. has to swallow hard against crying out, her own hand fubbling through tangle of cloth. She follows the angle of a hip around the front, down to where the soft cotton is damp and hot. Rolanda thrusts against her, sly fingers stroking her in kind, sliding slickly back and forth, moving over the spot that makes Minerva arch her back and gasp. It's even better than when she touches herself, something she wouldn't have thought about. Oh, shit! A keen, reckless sensation, like diving... Wait, wait, I'm sorry, you have to read that sentence over again. Why? Because I yelled through the last part of it. Ugh. She has to... Then stop yelling. She has to swallow hard against crying out. 
her own hand fumbling through the tangle of cloth. She follows the angles of hips around the front, down to where the soft cotton is damp and hot. Rolanda thrust against her, sly fingers stroking her in kind, sliding slickly back and forth, moving over the spot that makes Minerva arch her back and gasp. It's even better when she, than when she touches herself, something she wouldn't have thought possible. A keen, reckless sensation, like diving headfirst towards the pitch after a missed catch. Her resolution to be quiet crumbles as Rolanda's fingertips flutters like a snitch, and she can't stop the soft sounds that slip out between breaths as the excitement crests inside her, higher and higher. A hot shudder overtakes her entire body, her toes curling up tight. Oh my, she cries out, her eyes squeezing sweat, and her hands clutching Rolanda fiercely. George Takei, is that you? She tr- oh my. Oh my. <laughs> oh my. Is that better? <laughs> no, absolutely not. She trembles, coasting through the rush, her heartbeat pounding in her ears. And when it begins to ebb, it's a marvelously slow descent, heavy laden with pleasure. She drifts back to herself like a falling leaf, weakly squirming away from that suddenly unbearable touch, nearly slipping into the bowl of the sink. Rolanda's arms come around to catch her. Her fingers leave Minerva's knickers with a firm snap of elastic, and a sticky trail smears across Minerva's belly as Rolanda removes her hand. She watches, still breathless, as Rolanda licks her shiny fingers clean. Oh, shit, masturbation! Break for <laughs> The sight makes her own hands clench as she realizes that one is still firmly run, lodged between Rolanda's thighs when it earns her a roll of the hips. She clumsily separates pants from skin and slips her fingers in between, coarse hair and soft, slick folds, and the delectably disquieting knowledge that it's not her own she's touching. She crooks her fingers and rubs as Rolanda begins moving against her. It could have been a silly sight, Rolanda all rosy-cheeked and open-mouthed, squirming, softly hissing, but instead it's hot and arousing in a way that keeps Minerva tingling between her legs. She can feel the wetness coating her fingers as she speeds up the motion of her hand, wanting to make Rolanda feel just as stripped and raw as she had. She sees two straight front teeth bite into a lower lip and thinks of wet, dripping summer fruit. Her fingers thrum even faster, her free hand rolling Rolanda's nipple relentlessly. A small whimper is her only warning before Rolanda suddenly stiffens, straining up on tiptoes, eyelashes fluttering, she grinds herself against Minerva's hand, panting, pressing hot kisses to her neck before sagging forward with a sigh. Softly asking, will you kiss me again tomorrow before the game? Her voice is low and languid. To wish me luck. Minerva's thoughts are a jumble. The wet heat around her fingers, the cooling stickiness between her own legs, a flash of voices in the corridor, the salty smell of Rolanda's pleasure. It's with dim horror that she realized what it would be like to try to fly in this condition, which she supposes, drawing back to see an impish smirk and wide eyes feigning innocence, is entirely the point. <laughs> I'll kiss you after, she said firmly. You'll need the consolation. Oh, burn, Minerva. Oh my god, that's too good. I like this a lot. And sometime oh. later, when they've disentangled themselves, washed their hands, kissed, and laughed at the absurdity of themselves, Minerva is careful to walk out of the bathroom with her head held high, even as her hot thighs quiver like jelly. 
She smiles an unladylike smile, knowing that Hawkeyes are following her every swaying step of the way. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Are they even... I guess they are about the same... Oh, no, I think McGonagall's actually, like, way older than her, though, right? I think it's, she's uh, only two years older than her. Uh, I don't really know yeah. Madam Who's just eight. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about, like, movie, you know, movie McGonagall. Yeah. Yeah, so. And mo- movie hooch, yeah. Yeah. I see what you mean. But I guess it's entirely possible. Alright, I have a 63. 63? Yeah, I had a lot of cooldowns. God damn, I think I had like and- two and two, which is which is a lot. Um, one... Did you, was there a laugh out so loud? At the oh yeah, there was... I had... Three laugh out louds. You had to have at last at least had, had two of them. I, think I had two because I had that one at the end and then the one at the beginning. Are you going to get bonus points for verbiage? Because a lot of this for me was bonus points because it is written so well. There's like some really good parts and then other parts where the sentences are just crap. So I think it balances out. <laughs> okay. Like, if, if the author goes back and rewrites, like, two sentences, then it's, like, it's phenomenal, you know? Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Dude. What are you, fucking writing for the New York Times no, best-selling list? No, but there was a clearly a typo in one of the sentences, and then that one sentence that I, I, I couldn't fucking read it. And after you read it, like, it doesn't even make sense. It wasn't even a sentence. <laughs> okay. Do you well, want to go back and that... read that one to you? Then... That means that you have a 36 and I have a 63. 36. Yeah, You're not going to get bonus verbiage. It's, it's 39. 39. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. I don't know what the average of that would be. Hold, please. Nice. 51. Nice. HPP points. Woo! Congratulations. You have now a level, <laughs> leveled up to... Dong level. Dong. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to the Hot and Potter podcast, where the thank you, uh, thank jokes you. are dad quality at best, and the points don't don't matter. That's the thing is, we should like come up with like a like a tier system for like z- zero <laughs> to twenty is um like a, a, a Hot and Potter podcast certified dong smut fan fiction <laughs> yeah <like laughs> certified eggplant emoji <laughs> like a zero zero to ten it's definitely like just a <laughs> certified wet ass pussy seal of approval <laughs> correct correct zero to 20 is uh oh my gosh flaccid the dong. title of this episode wet ass pussy approved wap approved <laughs> that's good <laughs> Yeah, so I think I, was the average, the average was fifty one. Yeah, average yeah. fifty one points. If they get a, if if it's above a, if it's above fifty on the HPP point system, that means it's 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 WAP approved. Oh shit! It's WAP approved. I'm gonna have to update. That's what I'm that. saying. Zero to twenty is like um is like flaccid. Oh, I see. It's flaccid. This is like one of those cosmopolitan tests where Correct. you have to answer all the little Correct. questions. And then, and then, if you get then, so many, you get so many points. If you get an A or a B or a C, and then you total them all up, and then it's like zero through fifteen, and you're this. Twenty to thirty is uh, get a napkin, bring it, bring napkins. 
Hide that boner. Oh, yeah. So what do you say? One through twenty? Oh, I'd say zero, zero to ten is flaccid. Zero to ten is flaccid. <laughs> ten to twenty is get a napkin. Flaccid bag of wine. Flaccid bag of wine. Flaccid bag of wine. <laughs> <laughs> One through ten. <laughs> flaccid bag of wine. All right. Um, so what is it then? 20 to, 20 to 30? No, 10 to 20 is is bring your napkins. Um, bring napkins. 20 to 30 is hide your boner. Flash stock. Okay, so 20 to 30 is hide your boner. Or hide that boner. Yeah. HTB. HTB. Hide that boner. Oh, wait, no. Flip those. Or, flip those. 10 to 20 is hide your boner. 20 to 30 is bring your napkins. <laughs> Have the napkins ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So possible switch in those tiers. Yeah. 30 to 30 40 is, I don't know, you name it. When you're reading Save it. to spank bank. Oh, yes. Spank bank material. Saved to spank bank. Saved to spank bank. Oh, my God. Or or eggplant emoji. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I like that. Okay. Eggplant emoji is 30 to 40. Hold on. I need another piece of paper. Why do you need another piece of paper? Because I'm apparently writing this out in paper. Well, obviously. One through ten. Well, thank you for joining us on uh, today's episode of the Hot and Potter Podcast. I've been your host, Jaycon. I hope you enjoyed our story today. And um, please. They definitely were very smutty. They were were good. I got 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 pretty hot and pottered. We got a WAP WAP approved and a. um, Approved. Macaroni in a pot. It's WAP approved. and um, And a bring your napkin story as well. Get out of the 2020 rut. Bring your tissues. Bring your tissues. For that smut. Don't put a finger in her butt. (laughs) Wait, no. What was the the rap? I I don't know. It's already gone. Get out of that 2020 rut. Now it's time for a smut. Put a finger in her butt. Don't call her a smut. That I don't I don't know whatever that was. Go back to the last episode. Oh Listen to that here. Editing Caitlin, enter that right here. Oh dear. Right God. here. None of this twenty twenty rut. We here for the smut. <laughs> Put a finger in her butt, but we don't call her a slut. That was the thing, okay, wasn't it? Thanks. We did Yeah, that was the thing. We do some dumb. Get out of that twenty twenty rut. Now it's time for the smut. Put a finger in her butt, but don't call her a slut. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. We were gonna change oh our uh, intro song to just that. <laughs> we need to call up Cardi B and say like, "Hey, we want to do a WAP remix. Like, you on board?" <laughs> what with Harry Potter? <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> well, send us your uh, message. The trolley witch is a thought. That's some wet ass pussy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can sleeping potion in a pot. That's some wet ass pussy. Wait, what? I said sleeping potion in a pot. That's some wet ass pussy. <laughs> Stir a potion in a pot. That's some wet ass Percy. Oh. <sighs> you can find us at Hot and Potter Podcast. You can send us your 
Shag Mary Hex Meredith, your random questions. Dirty, dirty smut. Oh, yeah, smut recommendations. That's also a thing. At hotandpotterpodcast at gmail.com. Shut the fuck up, Stella. Oh, my gosh. Give her a break. There's one thing. (laughs) She barked before. Well, whatever. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Macaroni in a pot. So wet ass, bro.